Hello and welcome along to G'day GA, brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit O'Neill's on at O'Neill Sportswear AU on Facebook and Instagram. Well, we're back here again three weeks in a row. We're in flying farm here. Lockdown 3.0 here in Melbourne. Absolutely nothing going on, but we're delighted to be back with you guys again. Delighted to have Shawnee on the line. Shawnee, thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, Liam and Giggles. Great to be here again. We're on a roll. 10 to 9 at night. Good afternoon. Good man, Shawnee. Great to have you along, Giggles, as well. <laughs> Good to be back, Liam. Giggles is very tired, lads. Just so you know, he's very low energy. So just apologies to the <laughs> listeners straight up. He's just he's struggling there on the couch. Um, but look, we'll, we'll try and get a half an hour of him if we can. Um, first up, we'll just go through. We did get a couple of tweets in here. Um, Mark Wade was in touch with us again on at Mark underscore A Wade. Hey Giggles, did you forget about the All Ireland champions in your seventh team? Ronan or Brendan Maher surely makes the team. Yeah, it's correct. Brendan Maher. They're, 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 they're not. They're, Bre- Bre- yeah, but they're not. Like if you think about sevens players, lightning quick and just go, go, go. Uh, Brendan Maher would have been. He's like one of the best hurlers in the country. Don't get me wrong, but if you're picking a sevens team, like you pick the likes of an Alan Cadigan, who's just going to burn the living crap out of the fella rather than a a Paddy Maher or a Brendan Maher who's like a stalwart fifteen aside player. So I. Uh, Gary's obviously from Tip, so I, I wouldn't agree with you on that one, Gary. Sorry, no, I'm I'm proud for him tonight. His name is his name his name is Mark, but anyway, that shows how tired Giggles is. He can't even remember his <laughs> sorry, name. After, sorry, sorry, whatever. Mark. <laughs> Actually, just just before we go ahead on that one, there, Giggles, I was reading an article on uh, Morris and Dan last weekend on the Examiner, and they were actually brought up the um, the point about it's actually in Liz Moore too. It's all out attacking because the amount of scores that you're conceding has been ridiculous, but you've, you're just being a team who've been scoring a lot more than the opposition. So I was thinking back when I was reading, I said, this is where the train of thought is coming from. It's just bred into these Lismorphalas, just all out attack. Forget about defence. Kevin Keegan style yeah, management. Nobody wants to play, nobody, nobody wants to play in, in, in the backs in Lismore ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark had a few tweets into us, actually. I think he was just on, on trigger listening to the podcast. He was tweeting as he was listening, I reckon. He, sa- he said that you ruled with your heart over your head giggles on um, picking in Ozzy Gleason as well. Contro- controversial pick for sure. We don't need to go into that one again because myself and Shawnee scratched him as well. So three against one there and that one so far. Well, Ozzy Gleason, there's bigger problems going on there. I mean, like he's Sent a liability again. to his club at his county at the moment. Yeah. Sent off again. There's big, there's big issues, big issues with him. We'll get so, it. I think neither neither of you saw the match, did you? No, I don't think you we'll hold neither of you saw the incident. Hold it, Giggs. Hold it. It that he was sent off again. But anyway, hold it for later, Giggs. Hold it, hold it. So, so on, on today's show, what we are going to look um, at is we are going to look back at the club games at the weekend again. Amazing coverage. Um, we're blessed, especially here in Australia, to be seeing all our county clubs in action. Um, we've also got um, Jack Anderson on the show with us today. Jack is a professor of sports law here in Melbourne University, um, but also was involved in the GEA in Ireland and also in Queen's University. And we're getting him on to talk about what could happen when um, the inter-county resumes and if counties do have to pull out the powers that the GEA have where the county board sit, all that type of stuff. So we have Jack on the show as well today. We were hoping to do Giggles Corner, but Giggles is too tired. So we're going to have to cut that um, segment from the show tonight. I know there's a lot of disappointed people out there because Giggles Corner is a big hit with the fans. Um, so apologies, everyone. Giggles, we'll, we'll, you know, if he hopefully gets a couple of very nice this week, we'll have him back in action early next week again. Um, Shawnee was you know, lucky to be here as well. So we're, we'll just do the best we can, lads. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, but first, first up, we've got we've got Jack. So we'll just bring Jack on the line, and we'll see you in a second. 
a Friday come be On a hippie trail head full of zombies I met a strange lady She made me nervous She took me in and gave me breakfast And she said Do you come from a land down under? Delighted to say that we have Jack Anderson on the line. Jack, thanks very much for making the time to speak with us tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. Introduce you, Jack, in the intro there as Professor of Sports Lab, but more importantly, you're a Limerick man. That's it, yeah. Number one. Yeah, don't worry. No, no one will get hurt in the making of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much, Jack, for making the time. I know, obviously, you're keeping a, a close eye on things at home. I know you've been tuning into the club games with, with, with doing your club in Limerick. Um, I know your father's heavily involved yeah. still in the club as well. Um, but I suppose yeah. you know the club action has been fantastic. But we're all praying that the numbers stay low in Ireland and that we get a, an inter-county championship starting up in October. Um, at the moment, how likely do you think that is, given where we are in Ireland? Yeah, I suppose the thing is, you don't know. Like, do any of us really know at this stage about anything that's going to happen in the next uh, few months or so? Um, all they can do is plan for it, you know, um, which which they're doing and they've, they've got it all set up. But honestly, we just don't know. I think it's just, it's almost day by day now. We try and get through the club season first and then see what we have, you know. Um, we don't know whether there'll be any sort of a crowd at it or no crowd at all. But, I, you know, the, the interesting thing about the whole thing is it's only... <laughs> It's only kind of now that we're really beginning to see, we, we know it on the paper how important it is in terms of the finances, inter-county stuff, but it's only now that we really see how the commercial heart of the GA is inter-county hurling at football. That's where it's really at. And having crowds at inter-county hurling at football is so important to, you know, the GA's bottom line, as well as, you know, obviously being the showpiece of everything. And, you know, you touched on that, Jack, and we kind of t- touched on that last week about how important do you think it is to the bottom line to the f- to the point that if you think we're not going to have anyone at the games, do you think the GEA will still be running as hard as they can to, to play off this condensed Ireland Hurling Football Championship if there's going to be no more than 200 at a game, which effectively is no offense. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing because, you know, if you look at the, I don't know, the Australian sports and all the major professional sports, TV money makes up nearly half of what they earn you know for all the talk about their commercial sophistication and all that it's tv money where it's at and then they have the sponsors as well that come in on the back of that and then the gate receipts have gone down you know they're they're still you know very important but not as important for them as as uh, as before but for the ga it's number one because you know the tv money is nothing really um they, they have a good bit of sponsorship which is good but it's the crowds coming in, you know, is the thing. Um, and and what, they've, what they've seen over the last few years is the amount of money they're getting in terms of crowds going in is actually almost going straight out the door in terms of the money that's been spent on preparing teams for an inter-county. And what you're finding out now, the conversations that are being had at home and county boards is, you know, if this goes ahead, fine. How are we going to afford it? How are we going to afford the six-week build-up um, and preparing for all this? You know, before we get, you know, the financial um, thing of the crowds coming in, but now we're preparing for something that there may be no crowds at at all. So, 
you know, the county boards are beginning to put pressure on, and that's that's going to be a, an interesting factor. Jack, do you, do you think yeah. there's an element of naivety, um, like they, they take, take Colm O'Rourke's kind of opinion at the moment where he sees this and takes a positive slant and that, that we go back to a more amateur sense of an organisation and that spending millions and millions on inter-county teams probably isn't right for the ethos of the game. What, what would your take be on that type of opinion? Yeah. Or do you think it's a bit naive? Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's when you look at the figures, it's very hard to see how it can be sustained, you know, as it is now. It's it, you know, and you look at you know the intercounty teams and the backroom teams they have and all, all of that. So it's going to be difficult. Your chance to do it is to cut down the season. So therefore, the preparation time can be shorter and the playing time can be shorter. So all those other expenses are cut down. Um, Provided then at the end of it, you have a championship that's viable, you know, in terms of the, the the crowd coming up and turning up. So that's taken away from us this year. But so, but that's one of the interesting things about this year, isn't it? That suddenly, after 150 years of messing around with inter-county and club fixtures, we suddenly hit on the great idea that, do you know, we could split the season. And actually, it might suit everyone, you know. So there may be some good there somewhere, you know. There's no, there's nothing GA about that at all, is there? Um, it, it's um, it probably goes to the fact too that that maybe, like that, um, in terms of you know the the longer the playing season really has suited the GA in terms of the you know the coffers as well in the pockets of the GA. But now you see, as you as you pointed out, really is that once if you shorten that. Then you reduce the expenses on 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 the actual, um, I guess, preparing the teams from the county boards, and it may actually bring you know it may bring the Dublin's back and maybe the bigger counties back into into shape with the other counties because there's a less of a window. And I'm, I'm sure they'll find ways of coming around that too. Like, but do you think they'll get? Um, do you think they'll have to go to the government? I guess for for some money as well in that in that part. Yeah, there's talk already today. Now, the government has set aside money for the big kind of uh, sports bodies, but they, there's talk that they will go and try and get that fast-tracked because it's a huge hole in their in their thing. You know, it, it would be like as if the AFL, the Aussie Roots, are one of the big professional sports, just lost the TV contract. Losing the crowds yeah. is the equivalent for the GA. That's what it is, you know. And there's no other way of generating. And, and also... Remember, for intercounty boards, etc., you know your usual sponsors are under pressure this year. So that 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 few bob they could give you in the immediate run up to the championship is not there either. You know, so so they're, they're, it's going to be pretty tight in, in this sense. So in a general sense, the idea of a condensed season is a good one. It's probably the one year that they don't need us. You know, they could have done yeah. you know in, in, in a strange way. So there'll be lessons to be learned, but they're costly lessons. But I suppose, Jack, how much of the government's go on, sorry, go ahead, Johnny. how much of the government's money, I guess, is propping up the GA in terms of percentage? Yeah, it's it, it's it's difficult to know that because, you know, um, so they get like everyone, they get direct grants and they get grants to Sport Ireland. The, the big thing that the GA has, which is very good compared to say, I always think with the Football Association of Ireland are terrible at this. The GA is great to lobby the government. You know, every single TD will probably be a member of a GA club. 
whether they want to be or not. They have to be, if you, if you know what I mean. But that's the strength and depth of the GA. And you look at something like the Football Association of Ireland, rugby is slightly different, but, you know, the FAI don't lobby them that way. So I think, you know, there is a very powerful lobby there with the GA. And to be fair with the GA, you know, with the COVID-19 thing, the clubs have done a good job. You know, they, they've, they've done pretty well. They've had to put on a lot of games very quickly, They've or you know they've taken the responsibility seriously. So, and you need it after the lockdown. You needed it. So, so they've done pretty well at that. Yeah, I think like you said there, Jack. You know that you know this is not the year they wanted to have to have this condensed season because of all the different ramifications. But unless there was this shock to the system, we've had this whole club versus county catering for the one percent over the ninety nine percent conversation for years and years and years, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. Unless we had a shock, we probably weren't going to see any change. You know, it wasn't oh, no, it, it wasn't going to happen. They would have talked about it. There was lip service. Oh, you know, we'll get them in to look at the fixtures and we we'll, blah blah blah. But we we're still having the same thing was being rolled out year on year. A bit, of, you know, this. Oh yeah. You know, April set aside for the clubs, as we know, that turned out to be just a joke the last couple of years. You know, we got a in hurling in particular, we got a a great round robin system, but the clubs in those counties didn't really benefit from that supposedly month off. You know, so. Like you talk that yeah, this there is lessons to be learned, but at the end of the day, it's it's kind of it's carrot and stick, you know. For county boards to start walking back their preparation of their teams, no one would want to give up any kind of upper hand that they might have on another county. Like a lot of the preparation, no, the, yeah. you know, it like it's how is it going to if the GA come out and say right next year it's going to be an eight week season that's the championship it's going to be played off like we have planned now. Is there, are people going to start buy into that? You know what's going to be the the trade off, and what we've seen with these inter county training bands, we know that there's counties training, but the GA aren't doing anything about it. So what, like, what's yeah, going to happen mean, there? Yeah, I mean, the, the, well, that's that's one thing that um, you know, there's definitely the, the 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 system that's currently there with the April club window is a it's a bit of a mess. You know, I know from my home club, you know. They're all out training January, February, and March. Awful weather. Then you get two games in April, two kind of championship games, and um, and then it's off for about eighteen weeks. You know, um, and you could take off to the US or Australia for eighteen weeks and not miss a match. And they go, but this time now, if you took off for a few weeks, you'll miss the whole lot. You know, so 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 that's that's an interesting thing. The one thing that was interesting this year is. You know, the GA had this kind of 14th of September deadline. You couldn't train with the county team before that. And it was treated as a bit of a joke. And they had to be dragged, mainly by the media, into saying, okay, if someone does something, um, you know, you could be banned. Uh, now, uh, and kind of had a whistleblower thing, which everyone just ignored, you know. Um, uh, although it seemed to have settled a bit. So it does take them a while to actually implement the rules and the easiest thing about splitting the season is there'll only really be one split and that split will come where county teams are finished which is better than where they're just starting up again as in april may so you have some chance then you know and they'll be finished going into the club season rather than finished the club season going into the county so there'll there'll be some benefit there the gpa have cottoned on to it as well you know i think they've seen what's what's coming as well um so so that may be it now the thing is will they do it yeah I don't know. And commer- commercially, just on that, on sponsors, like, you know, you got your sponsors for all day, for the hurling and the football at the moment. 
do you think those sponsors are looking for some kind of reduction of what they've signed up for for this year or would it be any kind of renegotiation of those deals or do you reckon some of yeah. them are aware? Some, some of them, with the sponsors, they'll probably be happy enough to get something at an unusual time of the year. You know, they, they, they're probably happy enough. The GA is lucky in that it has probably the most loyal sponsors you could get. You know, uh, the Alliance who sponsor the National League, they must be the most patient sponsors ever. I mean, I mean, it's, a most, it's the most unusual competition. Most teams go into it full of enthusiasm and then want to get out of it as quick as possible. You know, it's, it's the most unusual competition you'll find ever, you know, and even last year with Allianz, I think there was three different sets of rules in the football at one stage, you know, so, so they're pretty loyal in that sense, because sponsors know that if you want to get a message across in Ireland, you know, tag yourself to the GA and that will reach every single fibre of the place. So so they should be all right with that. The TV money isn't much, you know, there, you know, you've got your limited thing. It's the gate is the problem. Yeah. And Jack, do, do, you, do you think if you're going to think about the powers of this special committee that they've set up now, right? And you, you, you know a lot of this inside out. Do, do you foresee them with the messages that have come out now from John Horn and the GPA actually going ahead with this split system for next year? Because realistically, if they don't do it next year, they won't do it ever, right? Because they've got the power and the opportunity now. How do you see that playing yeah. out? I think they got the power, the opportunity and the goodwill. You know, the Club Players Association seem to like it. The GPA seem to like it. But, you know, they're, they're already ta- talking, I heard even today with John and John Horn, a few of them saying, oh, it's a bit quick for next year. You know, if you don't, yeah, he's exactly your point. If you don't do it next year, it'll just settle back into the same thing. And remember, the GA fixture thing, there's a lot of other things going on. There's the provincial councils who need their cut. There's these pre-season competitions. There's the underage competitions. You know, there's all these all these other competitions as well. Um, so there's a lot to, to go on that. But, you know, it can be done. It's not, it's not that difficult, really. It can, it can yeah. be done if they, want, if they want to do it. Yeah, um, I like the idea. I like the idea of the management committee taking a bit more power because one of the things the GA is, you know, we have our Congress at the end of the year where all these decisions are made, and it's like a kind of a Soviet-style Politburo. You know, it's just, <laughs> gee, you just go, come on, too democratic, you know, Jack. The, well, two, there's Leave two democratic. Now, Jack. Don't 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 cheat on the process that Leave Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I was at it. I was at it twice. I think. I mean, I just went. Jeez, I don't know, lads. Come on, now. You know. I mean, uh, but uh, ultimately, of course, most of the things that pass are because the management committee wants them to be passed. You know, so it's a bit of a. It's a bit. But look, you know, I'd I'd like to see them. And overall, I'd like to see the director general Tom Ryan take a bit more direction on those kind of things and say, right, this is what we're going to do next year. Let's yeah. go. Because Tom, is a, he's effectively the CEO. Um, and like, he, he doesn't appear like a CEO. And, you know, he's quite reserved. And he's he's not all, out in front that often. You know, you don't you don't see him leading the charge. Obviously, you got the president there as well. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a complicated between the two of them. But he's very much in the background. He's very much in the background, you know, people who know him say, oh, he does a lot of good work in the background and and sorts out things and is a doer. But also, GA is a kind of a public profile role. You want to have someone who you have to lead them as well, because otherwise the process is so unwieldy, it just gets clogged up, you know, and he, he, he says very, very little on various things. Now, you don't want to kind of a 
John Delaney figure at the FAI who's in the media all the time. You don't want that. But if you look at, say, Rugby, the IRFU's guy, Philip Brown, he's, you know, he intervenes when he has to. And sometimes I think uh, we're too much driven by whatever's said in the Sunday Independent or whatever's said in the Sunday game. And then we react. And suddenly then we're in a right mess, you know, so just a little bit more directive. Mm. So Jack, we, we, we'll play out this scenario that the inter-county season does start as planned and we're into it a few weeks and we get a scenario where, we'll, we'll use my own county, Kilkenny comes down with four or five confirmed cases they are due to play Wexford, we'll say in a Leicester final and three days out, that happens. Like, what do you think is going to happen there? Do we think we're going to see a postponement of the game? Do we, are we going to see Kilkenny ruled out and we've, we've got to finish this before the end of the year? What do we think the contingency is there? Could we see the season spill over into the, into the new year or are we going to see counties excluded? I'd say um, they'll try and finish it this year. And I'd say if they have to exclude counties, they'll have to exclude counties. I think that's just the way they, 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 they will see it because um, I think they'll just fear it. Let's get some sort of a competition done this year. I think it'll be, you know, obviously it'll take away from it. You know, maybe if they thought about it a little bit more, you'd have been as well off just having an open draw in both. Um, just a kind of a, a, you can call it an All-Ireland, have an open draw, but forget the provincials and stuff and just play it out that way, recognising that it's a different type of year, you know, and, uh, and do something like that. Now, the reason they didn't is they felt that, you know, there would be more trophies available for counties otherwise, you know, but I don't think in this year that makes a huge difference, you know. Um, their problem with um, teams is it's not like, the professional things where you can put teams in hubs we can't do that you know we just can't do that so if it becomes serious and infection rate becomes serious within a squad that's it you know that's all I'm, I'm, that's just all we can do you know yeah, yeah. more importantly uh jack do you see anyone beating your own county this year if we do get the inter-county championship going ahead Oh God, yeah, we'll take. I don't care what they call it, we'll take it if we get it in 2020. Um, yeah, it'll be good. The hurling will be really good. The hurling will be, you know, anyone, anyone, because it's such a strange season at such a strange time of year, anyone could do it, you know. Um, and they'll all basically have this relatively same preparation. Uh, Wexford might be slightly ahead, but we won't go there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Davy Fitz still needs to make his money, he's still training down there. Uh, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Jack, just say we do get to that situation where we'll say Kilkenny are excluded, right? They're gone on Wexford are, are awarded the Leicester Championship. Like, would Kilkenny have any right of appeal on something like that? Or has it been set up with the new changes to management committee that that decision is final? Would Kilkenny or another county have a right of appeal at DRA or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the only, the, like, they'll have a policy and procedure in place. So it'll spell out clearly the, the contingencies. And if they follow that, that's that, you know, that's that. Um, because it's going to be very hard to appeal something that's based on health guidelines, okay. you know. Um, so so that would be straightforward enough. The, the, the only issue would be if it became inconsistent, but I don't think they will. You know, I think they'll be pretty straightforward and hopefully they'll avoid that situation. But, you know, that's, um, that's, that's, that's the way... We don't know. I mean, we honestly don't know because remember, you know, things could happen for football differently in Northern Ireland in the six counties than it could down south. And then you're in, you know, anything could happen that way. So, so we don't know. We just don't know. Yeah. It's, it is going to be fascinating once we get started there because as soon as it starts, 
we all wanted to finish like you know we wanted to get to it's in and I know being over here it's something we're so looking forward to like the club games are just keeping us going here especially in Melbourne Jackson Melbourne here as well there's nothing going on yeah. getting to watch all the games at the weekend or catching up during the week is fantastic and for the club season to finish up and you know go into an inter-county season like we're hanging out for it here so it'd be it would be devastating obviously for everyone at home but even more so for us we'd be Doubly devastating. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it's going to be like a carnival of hurling and football, isn't yeah. it? You know, you're yeah. going to get your, yeah. and you just want to get into it and see what things go. So, you know, and hof- hopefully they can drive it on and then just clean slate and off we go again. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Jack, for taking the time to talk to us tonight. And no problem. Hopefully, we might speak to you in the next three. few weeks to see how things are going. Any time, any time. All right. Thanks, Jack. Good Take night care. You. All right. Bye. 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 moment, your whole life can turn round. I stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground. Things were just going through my head, you know, and because I can always, I don't want to leave the people of Warford down, you know, because they're my life, you know. People of Warford are my life, you know, and I, I, I love, I love, I love my county, you know. We love John Mellon. Great having Jack on there. Great insight into, you know, what could be ahead of us for the, the inter-county season. And like he said, the main point is we just don't know. But fingers crossed we get a start and we get a finish because we're kind of riding the crest of a wave at the moment with, with the club action. Um, and let's get into that. So... Uh, Giggles has said he can get 10 more minutes so we're going to keep going thanks Giggles um, first up Waterford at the weekend Giggles we just touched on at the start of the show Ozzy Gleeson sent off again you said we haven't seen the footage so we can't comment if you want to start there what happened there? Well I think in, in the Waterford Championship overall it started off with a bit of a surprise with Passage beating Romore Romore topped their group and would have been favoured to go through and on the same day on the Saturday Ballygunner had a very easy win over 4 mile water so as expected there Um then we went into Sunday and the two big matches that everyone were looking forward to, De La Salle versus Mount Sign in the first one and this more and Abbey Side in the second one. And uh, De La Salle and Mount Sign were, it's interesting, Welsh Park, it just shows how small the belly pitch is because every single ball that was contested, everybody was up on top of each other. It's a very tight pitch and it kind of showed through the game. But Mount Sign were amazing for the entire game. And in particular, Austin Lease in the second half. Unbelievable performance. He pulled the guy back um, for his initial yellow card in the, for 26 minutes into the first half. And it was a very, very harsh yellow. And then the second one, he had a lot of shoulder, whether it was high shoulder or not. Uh, very argument. Could have argued it was a yellow card, but the, the, there was about a minute left. That Mount Zion hit the game one, and the referee looked very happy to go to his pocket. And to be honest, look, I know a lot of people have different opinions of Austin Lee. I think he's an amazing hurler. And I think referees, uh, made, like the referee apparently, this isn't gospel now, was the, he's the cousin of the linesman who got him sent off last week. Whether there's anything in that, I'm not sure. But That's a scurrilous like rumour. That's a scurrilous rumour. You, <laughs> you don't know the scurrilous. I've heard it now and I don't know if they're shooting there or not. But anyway, the, the, the main point on, on the game was that Mount Zion had an amazing performance and beat Delisal, who were heavily favoured to win that. Um, there was a lot of young players. Parik Fanning's son was playing cornerback. Anthony Kerwin, who got a few goals for Waterford in the late 90s, his son was corner forward and scored 2-2. So they're kind of team, which is very young. And obviously, Austin Gleeson is their talisman. Uh, they just had a great win. De La Salle didn't get going at all. Um, and it was a big shock. So now they've got through and they'll play a passage in one, se- one semi-final. 
which is a great chance for either of those clubs to get to a county final. And I was up um, Sunday, Monday morning watching this more against Abbeyside and they just, the lads just playing amazing. Like they won by nine points or eight points, nine points I think it was. They should have won by 15 or 16. They let Abbeyside get in for two late goals that put a glass on the scoreline. Um, but it was an amazing match. Uh, Oshino Gorman, who came on last week and scored 2-1, scored 1-5 from corner forward this week. Morris, who was probably the first 10 or 15 minutes, Fergal Hartley was commenting on it and was saying Conor Prunty was destroying him. But just Morris stuck to his game, got into the rhythm, set up loads of scores and ended up scoring 1-11, 1-4 from play. Jack Pendergast was amazing. Jack Pendergast was probably behind Oshino Gorman, man of the match. Just They, they have a real good balance about the team this year. If you talk to Emily more, they probably have 16 or 17 lads that are coming on. That's all they have. And they're, they're avoiding injury. And now they're going into the Ballygunner game, which is probably the worst draw. But look, they're going to have to play them at some stage with a good bit of momentum and a good bit of, um, what's the word, uh, optimism in the town from chatting to my dad and all that. So they're just playing very well and they have a very, very strong forward line. Obviously, they've conceded a few goals, but... Abbey side have a really good full forward in Michael Kiley, who's in with the Warford senior team, and David Pendergast, who is a full back on the Mary Ike Fitzgibbon team that won Fitzgibbons. He he really just he kept them scores for the game and had a great game as well. So but they're going very well. They're they're going really, really well, managed by Dan, who comes on, and, and Brenda Landers, as well as Seamus Pendergast and Barry Pendergast. So they're in they're in a good shape and it'll be very interesting to see how they go against Bally Gunner, who haven't been tested at all. And maybe like Everybody says that they're way above everybody else in Waterford. I think they'll have to prove that this Saturday evening coming up against this Lismore team. And, and Giggles, like, Ballygunner obviously is the ultimate test in Waterford. I, I, I get a sense that you, you think they could sneak a win. Like, not not like... Like, just given what you've said, you've stayed injury-free, there's huge momentum, and that's what even watching the Kilkenny games at the weekend. Normally you play a game, wait a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks. You had back-to-back-to-back. Lismore have kind of just... Played fantastic over the last few weeks. I don't think there'd be kind of any fear really going in playing against Bally Gunner because they're just on kind of a roll going in. Is that fair to say? Yeah, well, well that's it. Bally Gunner ha- have won 36 championship games in a row, I think, in Waterford now at this stage. They're going for seven in a row. So, like, Lismore have nothing to lose. If Lismore lose the game going down with a the fight, they're putting in a great performance. If they lose the game with a big score, should Bally Gunner, nobody can come near him. But if Lismore turn over Bally Gunner, it'll be huge. And all the pressure is on Ballygunner. And as I said, Ballygunner have had three handy games so far. They haven't been tested. There's more have been, while they've been in command, they've actually allowed teams back into games. But the minute they did that, they really pushed on and scored a goal or a couple of points to push them out again. So they've, they have had that test. They will need to keep it tight and play for the full 60 minutes and not allow Ballygunner, you know, into the game or any kind of free, free scores. But, yeah, the, the first time in a long time, just looking at them, and I've seen them play last year, but looking at them with a lot of optimism, they're just playing really, really well as a unit, as a team. Uh, it's always give it to the man in the best position. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to getting up in the middle of the night on Saturday night to watch them against Ballygunner and see where they're at in terms of the championship. Yeah, well, that's going to be an interesting um, one. Giggles, just, Go, just, just to back over um, Ozzy Gleeson, um Look, and there, there probably is a bit of truth in, in the fact that, you know, he, he's a bit unlucky. But, I mean, for a guy who's putting himself in that position all the time, I think he doesn't seem to be learning from it. I mean, he's the same in the county scene. He's, he's, he's on the line the whole time in that as well. I mean, a couple of years ago, 
there against, and this, I'm probably being biased here on this, but he should have been sent off against Cork because he ripped the helmet off Luke Mead. So, like, he's he's a guy who needs to learn. He needs to mature, and he's he's not maturing. He was young player of the year and hurler of the year, and he's gone downhill since. And he's, he's just got to take that on himself. Like, there's no point, and I know there's no point in giving him any more excuses. Like, that's been a couple of years ago now. Like, I mean, the guy needs to grow up, like. Yeah, I think you can you can say that in one sense that he plays too much on the edge. And then you look at Tommy Welch, and you you praise him with all the plaudits of someone who plays on the edge. Like think about it, Tommy Welch clocked the referee in the nose in the All Ireland semi final. With the Hurley, I, I think Tommy Welch gets away with it because he's a small fella. <laughs> Tommy gets away with it because he's a small guy. Yeah, but it's the same with Aidan O'Shea in football. It's big guys, and sometimes it's just a target, and it's a natural target. But um, I think Austin Gleeson has taken lessons away and. He's obviously got himself in tremendous shape. I watched the whole game. He was hurling unbelievably well and he wasn't getting involved in any stupid stuff. He was being tough and hard and the game was very tight. It was in Welsh Park, as I said. Um, like Everyone saw the shoulder he hit your man. That's Mount Sinai and Roe Moore. That's no different to any intense that was rivalry fair. where there's... That was yeah, fair. So, so yeah. do you know, yeah. you're, you're talking about the two instances of the guy getting his head right. That's what he's done and he's just found unlucky and, and these two instances. You, you could argue petulance years ago right when he pulled the helmet off and when he should have got sent off that time potentially but in the last six to eight months in terms of where he's at as a player I think he's putting himself into in great shape and he's he, he was just found unlucky but look he's not going to miss any game the game the card was rescinded he's going to be playing in the semi-final because it was two yellow so it's much of muchness and I think there's a bit of storm or a mountain out of a mole he'll be made out of this to be honest and Giggles, are you feeling more confident going into the intercounty season now, seeing where the club scene is at in Waterford at the moment? Is that giving you a bit more hope, seeing where where the, the different teams are and where the different, I suppose, county players are at at the moment, and how you know even some new emerging talent that you weren't maybe quite sure of, but seeing how they're they're faring at the moment, is that giving you any renewed hope? Yeah, no, no, it's good, good, good question. I, I think Waterford is a county that actually suffers a lot from. Um, the summer immigration, whether it's people going to Australia or people going to America, it doesn't have a real economic hub like Cork does. Tipperary, Kilkenny aren't, aren't are within a stone's throw really, or a commute distance to, to Dublin. You've got the west of Ireland. So the Waterford Club Championship over the past maybe couple of years hasn't been at the standard because a lot of players would have went away. Whereas this year, nobody's gone away. Every single player in Waterford is playing. Every single player in Waterford is buzzing and they're training with their clubs at home and Definitely looking at the games maybe last year and being at ones in, in, over the past couple of summers when I've been home, the standard this year just looks to be really, really strong. Um, and it, it does give me a, a bit of confidence with the Waterford team as well that there's a lot of players on show in a lot of the games and Liam, Liam Cal will have a strong panel. And if a guy can score 338 across three championship games and not be in the top 25 or 26 players in the county, then Maybe Liam Cal need to have an early look before he finalises his squad before he can to come to championship. Yeah, I think that's the big one. I think you know any Harlem fan would would be kind of would be disappointed. I think if Morris isn't there, given what he's done over the last few weeks, even if Bally going, you know, even if is more kind of bowed this weekend, it'd be very hard not justify not to pick him when there's been nothing going on. And he's been one of the star players in the Waterford Championship, but that that'll be an interesting one to see how that how that plays out. Um. Look, I think, yeah, look, Kenny was similar to the weekend. I tuned into a couple of games. Dixborough were playing um, Aaron Zone, Castle Comer on Saturday, and O'Loughlin's, and, and were playing James Stevens on Friday night. I watched both of those. O'Loughlin's and James Stevens is particularly good given 
a lot of the Kenny players on show. You had Paddy Deegan and Hugh Lawler um, for O'Loughlin's and a couple of excellent Kenny players and Mark Borgen and a couple of ones on the on the periphery as well. Um, and James Stevens interestingly, had um, Connor Brown playing, who played in the Ireland semi-final last year on the final, um, as well as Owen Larkin returned at centre-back um, for James Stevens got hauled off before half-time. He was shocking. He was really, really poor. Yeah, really, really rusty. Looked like a lad who hadn't picked up a hurdle in a while. I don't know if he was carrying an injury coming in, but and didn't look interested to be honest. It really, it. I think his age kind of showed at the weekend. It's funny kind of seeing some of the the greats coming towards the end of their career, and then seeing them get burned by young lads inside Nolan Park. You know, there's the average age is those James Stevens and Lockson's teams is down around the twenty two, twenty three. You're, you know, you're running against a lad who's 36 and you're 22. Like you're going to leave him for dead. You know, he it was. It's, it's just, it's shocking seeing seeing it. You know, it's you know, I know Larkin was never the quickest, but he wasn't the slowest either. He had a good striding him. But um, I, I t- look the Kilkenny Championship. Giggles doesn't understand that he thinks they're only league matches, but the intensity in in, in that game um was fantastic. Played out a draw, um, hammer and tongs the whole way through the game. It was 36 minutes in the first half and another 35 minutes in the second half. So it was like a 70 minute intercounty game with a couple of injuries in between. Um, so again, I'm kind so of. So why is it? Uh, can you playing a, cha- uh, a Lonia league and everyone else is playing championship? Can you have a league championship? That's the way, that's the format in Kilkenny and has been for umpteen years and has stood Kilkenny in good stead. Um, and I think. So it's not a league, it's a championship. It's a league championship. So you're. St- we've had this last week, Shawnee. We had this last week. So you're standing in the <laughs> I, league. Yeah, just there's two groups of six. There's 12 senior teams at Kilkenny. There's two groups of six. Normally you play each other once, but because of the current situation, you're just playing um, two of the te- or three of the teams in your group rather than the five the other five teams. And then typically, and it's the same in this instance, there's six in each group. Top two go into a county quarterfinal. The next third and fourth go into a first round of the championship. And the bottom two go into a first round slash relegation semi-final. So if you lose that, you're in a relegation final. If you win it, you're into a county quarter final. So all the league games matter because you want to get further up in the league to have a you know to be further into the championship. And then there is actually a league final. So this year, it's a, the top two of each group will play each other now in a league final this week. Uh, this weekend. So it, it means all the games. Who's the can, uh, well, we, top of the group with Dixborough topped. Dixborough. Uh the group and I think I'm just having it here in front of me. I think it was Lachlan's top year. Lachlan's top the yeah. And I think they're in the same points as James yeah. Stevens, but with a better score difference. Um so you know, you have Oh yeah. Those and, and now that means then your standings for the championship people know. So the games have been really good. Dixborough had kind of a comfortable enough win over Aaron's own. We've seen Tullerone had a great start with that draw against Ballyhale a few weeks ago. They haven't got anything on, on points wise since, so they're going to be up in relegation yeah. now. Um and like you know, it's very hard. You would have had five games typically this year, they've only got three games kind of, and so it's going to be a bit more challenging for them. But I think that the big thing we've spoken about again is just the coverage, you know, it's wall to wall club games. I know there was only football in Cork this weekend, Johnny. Sorry about that. Um but I, w- I was working. You were working. I didn't bother watching anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no point watching the football sure it's money made up game. But um it's 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 the quali- the quality of the coverage from the from the clubs and I think I've seen it there, one of our followers on Twitter, Kieran Cuddy, he's a Dix for Man, but he's a um he's a presenter on News Talk as well. He was just saying the clubs for providing their own coverage has been like an unbelievable bonus of COVID. Like, you know, watching the, the Waterford games yeah. and watching the Kilkenny games, they're done by Bio Sport. 
you know, so it's the professional yeah. outfit with the commentators is really good. But it's the own the smaller clubs doing their own commentating, their own stream. I'm gonna play a clip here. Uh, Kieran had it up on his Twitter feed. It was from um Tuller Ross Burkin against Wine Gap, which is Walter Walsh's club. And this is the commentating on, on, on the stream of this one. So I'm gonna play this for you here now. Just give me a second. Just ball in on top of Walter Welch. Two more gone through. Young Simon Kennedy. Walter Hodge, take him down. Take him down. He did exactly. No red cards for taking him down. No red cards for taking him down. He's gone. He's gone. No, it's not. There's no such thing as professional foul. Ah, for fuck. So, you know, like that kind of stuff is just unbelievable. People tuning in at home, they can't get to the games. And I know even our club at the weekend, Dixburg, their our four team was in the Junior E County semi final playing Liz Downey out in Freshford, and that match was streamed live online. Uh, so like you literally watch every match we're commentating yeah. in clubs at the moment, and the county final is this weekend. Junior E Dixburg are playing uh, Muckalee, which is or St Martin's, which is John Mulhall is the manager of the St Martin's Junior E team for Armour um, Gary Oman and Conor O'Grady. Not playing for him, no. No, he's on intermediate. He's hanging in there on intermediate. He's oh, okay. the manager. Of the inter- <laughs> yeah, that's a little Deacon Mulhall. He'd be listening to this now. You won't like that, Higgins. <laughs> Player manager, maybe. But Conor O'Grady is another Gary O'Man here from Melbourne. He's involved as a selector for the junior A team, Dixborough as well. So they're go- going head to head on the line on, on Sunday. And that game is going to be streamed online. They're just trying to work out who's going to do the commentating, which club. So, uh, yeah. Any, it, any tweet from Conor O'Grady from last week's guest now? No, no tweet. No tweet from Conor O'Grady, no. Tweet. No. Oh, no tweet. Because he was look, looking forward to that he, interview. He was looking forward to, to Brian Vaughan, yeah. He was looking forward to Brian. And interestingly, yeah, it was kind of the battle of, we had Brian Vaughan on from um, St. Pat's last week and we had Bo on from Sydney Shamrocks week before, battle of the ratings. You know, interesting one, Shawnee, you you, you you were wondering who, who came out on top. It was Bo came out on yeah. top of the listeners. Yeah. Ooh. By double the amount of listeners St. tuned Pats in. St. Pat's behind. So. Yeah, St. Pat's are behind. Even Ooh. with their cheer squad, I built them up. Saying how, how good yeah. the fans were. They didn't really tune in to listen to, to Brian Vaughan. Brian, you might want to have a word with the club there. But um, yeah, we had a big spike in listeners in around the Port Leash area and Leash area for Bo. Didn't transpire through for Sydney for last week. Uh, I know their games were called off in and the not, end. And nothing in Mullinahone either. No, 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 they've, they've, they've no internet. They've no, no internet. internet in no internet. The it cuts off once you go over the border there. Speaking of Tipperary, though, I think that the quarterfinals were lining up for, for the Tipperary Championship as well after this weekend, and there's some really interesting tasty matches. And Neen Aerog and Turles probably the pick of the bunch. Um, there's probably any one of the eight teams in Tipperary coming in. And then you were chatting about Davy Fitz getting a head start and everyone. The Wexford County Finals on this weekend as well with the 2018 champions Navena, Conor McDonald's Club against the 2014 champions Shell Maliers who would be a dual club and actually are getting a lot of benefit from having no football on at the same time. So that would be a very interesting match. I would like to battle our own Tommy Story was playing centre-forward, I believe. He was carrying a bit of a knock, but got through the game. And they were very unlucky to lose out to Navy and lost out by a point in the last minute. I think it was 120 to 119 or something like that. So a lot of championships progressing very fast. Very hard to keep track of it all, isn't it? It is, yeah. Especially if you're keeping an eye on your own county. Like, you know, I watched... Two games this weekend. The weekend before, I watched four from Kilkenny. You're not going to find much more time in the weekend to watch other counties. Like, it's just very hard. Shawnee, obviously, being from a dual county, yeah. like, you had a chance this weekend to kind of reach out and watch some other ones, but you didn't bother. Um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend now. It's a, it's a Auckland's and Dixborough in, in the league final, which I think could be a warm-up for a county final, potentially. 
So I'm, look, I was I'm looking. I was going to say, Liam, you're, you'll be quietly confident that Dixborough could be getting silverware this year. I think. Yeah, I think. You this, don't want to say it. I know you don't want to. I don't want to say it. I don't want to put the curse on him. But I actually, I do think it could. I think it's going to be down between O'Loughlin's Dixborough and, and James Stevens. I think they're the three. I know Bally Hale Giggles still thinks they're. They could be rusted on, and they're you know playing a bit of a, a couple of throwing a few dummy hand passes at the moment. But I actually, I think momentum is going to be a big t- thing this time of year in this particular. Um, scenario that we have I, I don't think you're just going to be able to pull some out of hat out and over this year I don't think it's going to work for them so I'm hoping it could be right there but we'll he see did have, he did have to stay out of the helicopter down in Kerry <laughs> yeah no more staycations <laughs> for him <laughs> well yeah so that's why we tune into this weekend uh, the Borough and O'Loughlin's and then James Stevens and, and Clara is on as well and then obviously the war from looking forward to that list more one giggles I'm keeping a close eye on that one Sean are your Cork back up and running this weekend or are they still playing that rubbish getting football um, I think it's football again this oh, week. You know, I, haven't, I haven't looked at anything now, to be honest. I've, no prep done. I'll be totally honest with you. You told me no you were, you, you, you told me you were down on tools at two o'clock today. Submission. You told me you were down on tools at two o'clock in the day. Really? No, no. I kind of kept going for a bit, another bit. Kept going, of course you did. Maybe um, you already have a, a Cork Gaelic football following going against you. This, this part of the world, you can't be slagging it on, on, on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh God, I'm a big fan and of Liam. Game. How how <laughs> I'm a big fan of game football. Oh, how is um, how are the county stars going for um, Dixborough at the moment Bill Sheen and, and, and Buckley especially as well after coming oh, back from the injury well that's the, the thing I'm most excited about is seeing Killian Buckley back playing how well he's playing he took a massive shot he got a massive shoulder out over the line on Saturday I was a bit worried Michael Murphy from Aaron's own hurl under a bit of underage he's a big massive man absolutely buried him out over the line and he didn't. He took him a while to come back on now I don't know was he getting stitched or he was just like kind of shook from it but he came back on but he hurled really well first half and second half. He's moving as well as I've ever seen him um, since I suppose since that injury so that gives us a lot of faith. Bill Sheen scored four points from play. Probably could have had eight points from play. Looked very lively. Um, Tom Kenny and Aidan all the other two guys in the panel as well were, were moving well as well so Dixborough probably have never had as many lads involved in the county setup as we do at the moment. So it's kind of a great buzz around the club having that many involved and having Killian probably going to be, please God, starting and, and Bill is going to be close enough there as well at the moment. So, yeah, great to see Buckley moving so well. I think he goes, he thinks they're going to get it this year. Um, the uh, <laughs> I'd say the Car County Championship is not back on until the 28th of August again, so... Games won't be resuming until then. I, I, to be honest, lads, I, I, I can't see this intercounty team going to take off at home at all this year. I can't see it with the COVID well, there was starting new, to creep back up again in Ireland. There was new restrictions just being announced this morning. Let me just quickly check of the laptop open here. Have they They'll been be looking to finish the club game? Yeah, just supposedly they were going to like you know limit the number of people you can have into your house and ask you know people at risk, the older people, not to go out as much. Blah blah blah. But I haven't seen that announced yet. So, yeah, look, you just don't know. It's like here, it's a day by day thing. You know, you just don't know the cases mm. here. Thank God in Melbourne have started to go back down again. But did want to be. We're bloody like locked in our houses at eight o'clock. You can't get out till the next day and you can't go even five kilometres of your house. So you'd be hoping that the cases are dropping. So we're, we live in yeah. uncertain times. The longer this club championship goes on, fantastic. And the longer it goes on, the more likely we are going to get there. But October seems, you know, two months in this thing is like two years. Like, you know, it's who yeah. knows where we'll be in two months in Australia or indeed in Ireland. But please God, we'll be back. With an inter-county season because it would be just an amazing way to end of the year after such a barren period for sport. But um, I think that's it for today, guys. Anything further to add, Johnny or Giggles? Giggles is falling asleep there. He's gone. 
can just see the ceiling of his. He's gone. He's just lying <laughs> on his bed there now. He's done. Look, thanks so much for tuning in this evening. Uh, today's show was brought to you in association with O'Neill's International Sportswear, the choice of champions. Please visit at O'Neill Sportswear on Facebook and Instagram. Get on to us on Twitter at GetAGA and on Instagram. And big thanks to Jack Anderson for joining us as well. And we'll be back with you next week. Hopefully, we'll have Giggles a happy, rejuvenated man with a Lismore win. Thank <laughs> you.